Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1 with All Care Pharmacy. Discover a healthcare team that's always here for you at All Care Pharmacy, Ireland's largest community pharmacy network. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1. With the recent announcements from politicians like New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, the Scottish First Minister Nicola Sturgeon and closer to home, Roisin Shortall and Catherine Murphy stepping back from their leadership roles. The role of women in politics is under scrutiny and Evelyn O'Rourke has been finding out more about this. You began, Evelyn, by joining the Labour councillor Alison Gilliland. She was out knocking on doors in her constituency. That's right, Claire. Getting ready, I suppose, this conversation, talking to people who are getting ready, gearing up for the local elections in 2024 and Alison is one of those. People might recognise her name because she was Lord Mayor of Dublin last year, 2021 to 2022. She's a Labour councillor in her second term there in Artane Whitehall. And when I joined her, she was out doing what councillors do, knocking on doors and delivering her newsletter. So I just wanted to get a sense of what it's like for her in her role, you know. So she talked about the pressures of it, but she also talked about those issues we hear about, the phone messages and the, you know, the kind of harassment that politicians can be getting. So here councillor Gillen and talks to me as she makes her way around her electoral area delivering her newsletter. Hello. Alison, how are you? This is Hello. my granddaughter. So Alison, we are out with you as you're doing your drop. It's half four, right, on a Tuesday afternoon. In terms of the workload for a councillor, can you give us any sense of what's involved? It never stops, in all honesty. And we don't have any admin staff. A lot of us juggle a full-time job or part-time job along with our councillor row. You could get queries about housing in particular it could be litter it could be the bus routes you know things will arise on the doorsteps so how did you get into politics as such what was the draw for you i have a trade union background so i'm used to being active and campaigning i had been asked before and i was reluctant it's very public and the idea of having your face up on a poster for me was very intimidating but the way i looked at it was yeah i'm contributing it's a learning experience and since then I have loved it. I'm horrified really by the abuse women politicians are getting. Talk to me a little bit about what it's like to be a female public figure. I was out dropping leaflets and this particular person who happened to be a female screamed abuse at me for five, six doors up. Now I was out on my own. So was that like a verbal version of what you can get online? Yes. And they draw on your poster. Sometimes you perform in a sexual act. And it's a tiny, tiny minority. But I'm very conscious of how I use social media because I just don't want the harassment. For me, Facebook is a strong community space. Twitter tends to be, at times, a horrible space to be in. And I've had text message threats. Next time you call to my house or knock on my door, I'll have a pot of boiling oil ready to pour on you. You got that as an anonymous text? Anonymous text. And the worst one I got was, I had to prevent my boyfriend from hitting you as you walk past us today. And at the back of my head, as a feminist who wants to see more women get involved in politics, any young women around here, what does that do to encourage? Gosh, it's so shocking. Um, Currently, the doll comprises 23% 
women, Evelyn, and those levels are lower than than was hoped, right? Yeah, I mean, for example, women accounted for just 24% of councillors elected in 2019. And there have been some co-options since, so bringing that number up to 25%. And one of the tools being used, of course, uh, to help our quotas, you know, back in 2012 when the Oireachtas adopted that law. So at this point, the threshold is going to rise to 40% from uh, 2023 onwards and sanctions if those quotas aren't met. But the phrases you keep hearing at this topic, Claire, those C's, you know, the five C's, confidence, childcare, cash, candidate selection and culture. I'm starting myself to put concerns in there now at this point and make it another C. But I spoke to Claire McGing about this, a well-known and, and respected academic researcher on women and politics. And here she outlined the challenges facing women who want to run for election in a little more detail. I suppose the context is that women's representation in local government in Ireland has tended to be very low for many decades. We tend to talk an awful lot more about the doll, but that would mirror the doll where at the moment just 23% of TDs are women. We have had gender quotas in place for doll elections since 2012 in law. and um, Quotas don't apply at local levels. Nonetheless, we have seen in 2019 and we will see it again in 2024, parties, they are starting to, if not necessarily implement their own quotas, quotas internally at local level, but are much more aware of the need to run women candidates so that they're ready to run in the Dáil election, but also to try and raise those figures at local government level. If you and I had been talking, you know, a couple of years ago, there would have been a lot of talk about the four C's and the five C's and all that. But obviously I'm talking to you in a different context now where we are really focusing on the level of just abuse that women politicians are receiving. What do you think is the impact of that? Have we any sense of that now? You know, we talked an awful lot about the five C's 10, 11 years ago, and I think those five C's remain important. Those, I think actually there are new challenges now for women. Online abuse, in-person abuse has become a real, real concern for women in politics, but also and really worryingly on their children and their families as well. And then lots of those old challenges remain. Candidate selection still remains a male preserve. And those other issues around care, around cash, and we know that there is a 13% pay gap nationally so they have less resources to run for office and less time so they remain there I do think having said that I think there are opportunities we're in a different landscape than we were even in the 2019 local elections there have been some catalysts for change on the back of funding made available in terms of targeting candidates, particularly underrepresented groups of women. And we've also seen a real explosion in the number of women's caucuses being established at local government levels. And I think we will start to see some impact there in 2024. But I think the game has changed for the better, though that's not to take away from the various challenges that women are still experiencing. And you also spoke to another local councillor getting ready to run again in the local elections, Councillor Emma Murphy. That's right, Claire. She's a Fianna Fáil councillor for South Dublin County Council since 2016. They're representing the Furhouse Bohrnabrina electoral area and she is planning to run again. And she says, look, she loves the work, but there are challenges. And she says some women councillors have had to leave the council during her term for various reasons, but she is firm that she enjoys the role, even though there are challenges. So here, she tells me a bit more about the reality of it all. I grew up in South Dublin in a council estate and my family think this is alien, particularly when it comes to campaigns and elections. They help me put up posters and they're brilliant leaflet droppers and my nieces and nephews will lean in. But there's nobody involved in politics. But I've been in this game now for nine years. So I've gradually built up a, a really strong team around me. And what was it, do you think, you know, that awakened something in you? Was it just 
the sense of trying to do something for your community was that the drive yeah I never thought that I'd actually enjoy the professional political side of it or the campaigning component you know having your own face and a poster was something that I really struggled with at the start and I think a lot of women do and I still struggle with the face and a poster bit but the bit that I really enjoy about the job is that you can actually do small little things that make a massive difference on a community basis and they're the reasons why I kind of got involved you know we talk so much about all the C's as they say in your case you know I presume cash was an issue and that it wasn't a family operation it is an expensive business the councillor's salary was sixteen thousand euros a year it's now gone up to just under 28 but it still is an expensive business you know you're leaflet dropping you're putting your posters like a social media just something you avoid or how do you manage it i lean in a bit and then i lean out a lot so if somebody takes uh, you on why didn't you give us that park as opposed to another community you just don't engage, you don't respond. What, what I try and do there is, do you want to discuss this with me offline? And 90% of the time, that's what happens. I was the first LGBT female to be elected as mayor of a full local authority in Ireland. And it was picked up by the media and they kind of ran with that. And that's absolutely fine. My sexuality is something that I'm you know, very proud of. I have a lovely wife here. But the commentary underneath this was, God, I hope she's got something more going for her than an LGBT or woke. And I think that is a challenge for women within the political sphere that you want to be chosen for your quality and your ability. You know, there's a bit of a negativity around gender quotas, but, you know, we want to be choosing 40% women. Women have a huge amount to offer in terms of the political spectrum, but it's difficult when your family and friends see people comment on your appearance or what you're wearing or your hair. There are things that men don't get. So that's Councillor Emma Murphy. And finally, you spoke to Katrina Gleeson, CEO of the Women for Election Group, about the opportunities that this career offers interested candidates. Yeah, so many great opportunities. Funding has been allocated by the Department of Housing, Planning and Local Government to help with all this work as well. So here the CEO of Women for Election describes their work to me. Over 10 years ago, Women for Election was initiated when two women, Neve Gallagher and Michelle Dowling, met a lot of women interested in politics who wanted to get involved but didn't know how. And at the time, the numbers were very low in terms of Ireland's number of women in the doll. I think it was about 14%. So they came up with the idea to actually start designing training programmes, basically open politics to women across Ireland. And that's how it started. So, you know, moving 10 years on, how has it grown or has it grown to the level you'd like it to grow? In the Dáil today and in the Shannon today, the majority of women who are there would have engaged with our programmes at some level or their campaign managers. So Women for Election have been to the forefront, really, of supporting women to access politics, but not at the extent that we'd like to be. So what we're seeing is there is hesitancy amongst women in terms of coming forward, you know, in terms of the culture of politics. But I suppose heading into the local elections for 2024, we have quite a considerable cohort of women who have said we want to run and my heart lifts. But concerns, you know, you have concerns. Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, Evelyn, the levels of abuse that elected female politicians are experiencing are extremely unacceptable and they're horrifying. And so I am concerned, our organisation is concerned, you know, in terms of preventing this in the first place and linking in with the existing national strategy on gender based violence. We need to look at awareness and education in terms of this behaviour and how we start to root it out and challenge it. And as allies to women in society, how we challenge behaviour that might be seen as low level behaviour by some people, but it's actually on a continuum on a spectrum of misogyny that leads to abuse, that leads to threats and that leads to fear that a lot of women are subjected to. That's Katrina Gleeson ending Evelyn's report. Evelyn, thank you very much. Let's go to the newsroom now and to Susan Jackson.